Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Thank God it's Friday. I, yeah. you know, I was thinking, <laughs> the week is really like, you know, this one flew by. I was thinking, too. See, we were both thinking. I was thinking that uh, this was a unique week. We had President Trump announcing, right? That was a big deal. Right. In and of itself, that would have made for a big story. But then we had Nancy Pelosi. You heard about Nancy Pelosi, right? Yeah, she had her going away party. She has announced her retirement. Ah, uh, yes, indeedy. She is going to, well, she's not really, she's not really leaving the playing field. She's just leaving the speaker's office. I saw mm -hmm. a picture, by the way, on television yesterday of the speaker's office. Have you seen pictures of the speaker of the House of Representatives office? No. Oh my God! It looks like uh, it looks like France back in 1789. Ornate walls, gold trim. It is unbelievable. Big chandeliers. I'm thinking, are we living in uh, a democracy or are we living like in a a kingdom? You know, we are in a kingdom, and these people think that they're oligarchs. They think they're gods. You know, and I I had a comment. You know, because they were talking about. You know, they, they always want to bring in religion and everything like that. And just a weird rogue thought. You have but, a lot of those, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> and that's a lot of times you can smell the smoke and it's not the toast from the toaster that no. decided to quit working. Last it's time. a rogue going, thought. Yeah. I was sitting there going, what is that? Smoke? That's a rogue thought. Yeah. No, it's the toaster that didn't work. And I'm oh, like, oh, okay. damn, how it smells like burnt toast now. <laughs> it is. But, you know, I'm sitting there going, I'm thinking. Uh, and you smell the smoke? Yes. Uh, but politicians uh, revere themselves as gods. Oh, they do. And, and they do. if they're gods and you vote for somebody that reveres themselves as a god, Ooh. are you, in, in effect, worshiping a false god? Because you can do a lot of different things in life if you have a Christian belief to you. If you have that foundation— you can be a sinner and you still make it through the pearly gates into, you know, uh, to heaven. Except if you commit the one unforgivable sin, putting you put no other gods. Thou shalt God. not worship false gods. That um, is the unforgivable sin. The, the thing is, uh, they do it it's all a, the time, Bill. They, yeah, you know, I mean, they, they think about how the, their their reaction right now is they wear the badge of religion. I mean, even yesterday when Nancy was talking about her plans for the future, she talked about God, the importance of God. I'm a God fearing person. She made reference several times in her uh, in her speech to God and how important God was to her and, and her faith. But yet. She goes against her faith all the time, which says to yep. me she really doesn't mean what she's saying because if she did believe in all the things that her faith uh, espouses, she wouldn't do what she's doing. You know, she wouldn't be so exactly. adamantly pro-abortion, for example. Right. I know there are a lot of I know there are a lot of women who are Catholic who are pro-abortion, mm -hmm. uh, and that's and I, some maybe even listening. But and that's that's your business. That is your business. But in my opinion, you can't be two things. You can't you can't live on both sides of the street. You can't say I'm a Catholic and I believe in my faith, which by the way is pro life, 
and mm-hmm. I'm a pro-abortionist, which is anti-Catholic. Well, I would say if you're a pro-abortionist, now listen to me, don't just get offended right away, you're pro-death. Because not only are you taking a life, in my eyes, and that's that's not an opinion, that's what I believe, but you're taking a life, but I'm I'm sitting there going, you're the one that deals with the consequences. All I can do is say, here's what I believe, and you take it at face value. But you're now since the the, the Supreme Court handed down the decision of abortions to the state level, what happened to the pro-choice people? Well, they started attacking pro-life people, uh, beating, clubbing, killing. You're pro-death. Just face it. Admit it. You know, because you can't have a civil conversation. They are so adamant about abortion. It is a it is a part of their religion. Mm-hmm. They believe in abortion like like some people believe in God. Really, I know that well, sounds crazy, but it's true. They're saying this election. See, it was about abortion, oh. and uh, no, it it really wasn't. But you know, if that's what you want to stick to, and that those are your guns then, you know, carry them proudly because that's what you believe. And at the end of the day, you know, we all have to, uh, we're all responsible and have to face the consequences of what we believe and what we practice. These are the same people, Bill, Mm -hmm. who um, believe in Hunter Biden, the Hunter Biden story is nonsense, who believe that Joe Biden uh, wasn't involved with the Chinese before he was uh, made president when he was vice president. They believe all that. They believe that uh, it's just Trump trying to stir things up. Well, let me tell you what happened yesterday. Yesterday, some gentlemen from the House of Representatives got in front of some cameras, mm-hmm. and they said this. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the president's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. Wow. Unbelievable. The one that got me, Bill, was human trafficking. Yeah. Wow. It goes pretty deep. Now, Joe, (laughs) this is just politicizing. Well, Joe, you would know all about 
politicizing, but we don't have the DOJ and the, the FBI and everything in our pocket like you do right now. Well, here's what Joe said. What's your message to Republicans who are considering investigating your family and particularly your son Hunter's business dealings? Lots of luck in your senior year, as my coach used to say. Look, um, I think the American public wants to move on and get things done for them. And, uh, you know, I heard that there were, uh, it was reported, whether it's accurate or not, I'm not sure, but it was reported many times that Republicans were saying, and the former president said, how many times are you going to impeach Biden? You know, impeachment proceeding against Biden. I mean, I think, the, I think the American people will look at all of that for what it is. It's just I'm almost comedy. I mean. You're going to see, in my opinion, you're going to see the difference between impeaching uh, Biden and impeaching Trump is you're going to see hard facts. They've been working on those charges that were presented yesterday for months. They have whistleblower statements. They got documentation. Wow. Well, the one thing I didn't hear, which was one of the biggest things that are out there, you know, you know what's gone on with our oil leases, our our own production of uh, well, our own natural resources. We have oil that we're sitting on both offshore and in the mainland. But the one thing that we really have a lot of is our gas, the natural gas and stuff. The lease is there. He was actually going to China trying to sell them the rights to what we have under our ground, our natural yep. resources. Now, he wasn't selling it to the benefit of the United States, you know, because that could be a different argument, but still, he was selling it for the benefit of oh, his own well-being. Uh, that is just treasonous. That's so many different things on so many different levels, and they need to make sure that people understand that and let their mouths drop to the floor, and they need to do this quickly and swiftly because you only got two years. House Judi- so I think it's good they started early before they get into the office, but they better get her going because it's the clock is ticking. House Judiciary Leader Jim Jordan then went to the mic, and he went into detail on what uh, he thought this whole thing was all about. Listen. I would just start with this question. What part of Mr. Comer's presentation was Russian disinformation? I mean, never forget what happened on October 19th, 2020, 15 days before the most important election we have in our country. Who's going to be the next president of the United States? 15 days before that, Mr. Brennan, Mr. Clapper and 49 other people signed a letter that said the following. It is for these reasons that we write to say that the arrival on the U.S. political scene of emails purportedly belonging to Vice uh, Vice President Biden's son, Hunter, has all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. They further went on to say, we want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails provided to the New York Post are genuine or not, just that our experience makes us deeply suspicious that the Russian government played a significant role in this case. And of course, that letter became the pretext for suppressing this story, again, just days before the most important election we have in our country. So I would ask this, was J.P. Morgan's suspicious activity report to the Treasury Department Was that just a classic earmark of a Russian information operation? How about when Hunter Biden sent the email that Mr. Comer pointed to, sent the email asking for keys to his new office space, one for himself, one for President Biden, one for his uncle Jim Biden, and one for the emissary for the chairman of the Chinese energy company, CFCC. Was that just Russian disinformation operation in place? 
What part of Mr. Comer's presentation prompted the FBI to go to Facebook and say, hey, 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 you want to be on the lookout for Russian misinformation here this election season? What part of his presentation would prompt that? And I think it's also important to understand, never forget how this story has changed. I mean, think about this. When it started off, it was, no, it's not his laptop. It's not his laptop. Then it was, well, it's his laptop, but remember, it's Russian disinformation and no one did anything wrong. Then it was, well, maybe... Maybe he did something wrong, but President Biden didn't know about it. And now it's, well, maybe President Biden knew about it and was involved, but it, it didn't influence his decisions. In fact, yesterday, there was a story in Politico which said that. The story in Politico yesterday investigating the investigators, dim strategist to launch counterpunch to House GOP. Story in Politico yesterday, here's what I said in there. Quote, no evidence has publicly emerged that Joe Biden's decisions were affected by his son's business dealings. Wow, we, we, so we've went from it wasn't his laptop and it was Russian disinformation to, oh, whatever was in there didn't affect the president's business dealings, even though he was involved, even though the laptop was real, even though it wasn't disinformation. We've, that's how far we've come. So I think, that, that, I think there are all kinds of questions that need to be answered, and we're, we're determined to get there. Here's some of them that I have. Did the FBI brief Twitter as well? We know they briefed Facebook. We know that had an impact on the election. There's been surveys done where, where thousands and thousands of voters across this country said it might have impacted their decision in the election in 2020. Did the FBI brief any of the 51 former intelligence officials who signed that letter? Again, that letter that became the pretext for suppressing this story. Who did the briefings? Who briefed Facebook? Here's a name that I think is interesting. Timothy T. Bolt. So Mr. Tebow, now remember, we just did a report two weeks ago, <clears throat> Judiciary Committee, a report that uh, talked about the political influence and the political shenanigans going on in our Justice Department based on 14 FBI agents who've come talk to our office as, as whistleblowers. One of those agents said, and this is a term he used, he said, at the highest levels of the FBI, specifically the Washington Field Office, he said it's rotted to the core. Not talking about rank and file agents. They're doing good, good work. Talking about the top people at the Washington field office. We had another whistleblower who brought up the name Mr. Tebalt and said Mr. Tebalt is pressuring agents to catalog and categorize cases in a specific way to satisfy this narrative about domestic violence extremism. But what's interesting is a different whistleblower, one who didn't come to our office, a different whistleblower who went to Senator Grassley's office, said that Mr. Tebalt... By the way, the head of the special agent in charge at the Washington field office, Mr. Tebow, is also the guy who suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story in October of 2020. I'd like to talk to Mr. Tebow. In fact, we have asked to talk to Mr. Tebow, even though he said publicly, I welcome a chance to uh, answer questions. He's refused to come in and talk to us. That's someone we need to talk to. Why has the Biden administration suddenly changed their position on suspicious activity reports. Used to be, Mr. Comer wanted to see him. Any member of Congress, any chairman wanted to see him, any ranking member wanted to see him, any member of Congress, any committee, you got a chance to see him. Suddenly, no, 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 we can't see him. I think, I think Mr. Comer and, and our team at the Oversight Committee would kind of like to see the other 148. They've seen two. They'd like to see the other 148. So um, we're committed to getting to the truth, the facts. We think that's what the American people are entitled to. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna try to help uh, Representative Comer and the team here at Oversight with, uh, with our work on judiciary, but with a specific focus on what the FBI was doing. We know these 51 former intel officials, they got security clearance. 
How often are they talking to the FBI? Are they talking to the FBI? Who's doing the talking? Who's doing the briefing? Were they briefed? There's, there's so many questions that need answers so we can get to the bottom of this. And the final thing I would say is this. Uh, a colleague of mine said this in a committee hearing a few weeks ago, uh, Mr. Gates. He said, when is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. 2022, they raided the president's home 91 days before an election. Maybe it'd be nice if the FBI and the Justice Department just stayed out of it and let we the people decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us. That's supposed to be how America works. So this is the focus on the Judiciary Committee, the political nature at the Justice Department and the linkage now to what was happening with the Hunter Biden story Again, just 15 days before we have a presidential election. I got to think that they're going to be going after the FBI during this next two-year period, too. Don't you think? Well, I think they will, but uh, I do think that the FBI, they got deep roots in their corruption. I mean, I was listening to audio from uh, some archived audio from Ronald Reagan. Talks about different things of corruption. You know, the, the issues that we talk about today illegal immigrants, the FBI sticking its nose into things that they shouldn't stick their nose into, uh, being used as a political tool by a particular party, has gone on for decades. So They've only gotten more sophisticated in their, uh, yes. their actions. Um, well, you just think back to J. Edgar Hoover. It mm-hmm. is a known fact he had a private file which had dirt on just about every politician in Washington. He knew exactly what Jack Kennedy was doing in the White House, and he didn't tell anybody. He just filed it away. So when he needed to put pressure on the president, he had those files to fall back on. This is the kind of stuff they were doing back in the 50s and 60s. And uh, I don't think they stopped when, when Jack Kennedy died. I think they had stuff on Nixon, Johnson, all of them. They have it on everyone. You know, it's kind of like you go to a party, uh, and I'm not admitting to anything here because I'm not saying that at all, but I'm using it as an analogy. You go to a party, you're married, your wife's not there, you have a few drinks, and all of a sudden one thing leads to another, and you're somewhere you shouldn't be, and nobody knows about it but one person that saw. And then they sit there and go, hey, I, uh, I saw what you're up to. You know, and then down the road, they need a favor. Yeah, right. You know, and yep. then they're sitting there going, uh-huh. It happened to a record executive friend of mine who has a famous last name that are uh, four letters in it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like a street, uh, never mind, you know, like a street mm-hmm. uh, sidewalk you're, curve. You're dying to like tell that. us, but don't do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he had a situation like that. Somebody wanted a record deal. And all of a sudden, he got the, the proverbial envelope with the pictures and... The letters. Oh, my God. Here's what I want. And it it came at a time. We were good friends. I was staying at his house out in Brea. I was visiting. And he was going, you got to see this. And I looked. I was like going, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm staying out of that. Well, uh, I I think that they've got to be investigated. A lot of people are saying now they need to be torn down and put back together again. That's what Mm -hmm. I hear a lot. The FBI and the FBI, they're not all bad people. Don't get me wrong. Oh, there are no. a lot of good agents. As a matter of fact, all of this information, or most of it that they're talking about, came from FBI whistleblowers. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of people 
who uh, they're not comfortable with what's happening at the FBI and they want to see it improved. But anyway, I got another uh, explanation of what's going on in case in case what you heard isn't enough. All right. James Comer was a guest on Newsmax yesterday on the Spicer show right. and uh, he explained what they're doing. Listen. We introduced today to the media, uh, obviously Newsmax and uh, other conservative outlets knew all about Hunter's uh, criminal activities, but a lot of the mainstream media didn't. What we learned uh, over the past few weeks uh, in talking about what a Republican majority would look like from an oversight standpoint was that uh, the mainstream media hasn't reported anything about Hunter Biden other than it was Russian disinformation. So uh, we provided an update, connected all the dots to all the different uh, acts of shady business dealings that Hunter Biden had committed. Uh, we presented that to the press and we made uh, evidence that Joe Biden lied to the American people when he said he didn't know about Hunter's shady business dealings. Not only did Joe Biden know about those business dealings, he was also a part of those business dealings. We had proof of that. We showed that. We showed emails. We showed text messages. We showed a map of America uh, in Chinese uh, in a business deal that Hunter and Joe Biden had to work with China to help them get their foot in the door uh, in uh, the American energy industry, which is something that I think if every American knew about, they would be appalled over. But what the investigation does from this point on in a Republican majority, we're going to focus on the bank records and the bank violations from Hunter and his shady business dealings, because now we know that not only did Joe Biden know about them, but he was a, an integral part of them. And the whole purpose of the investigation is to determine whether this president and this White House is compromised because of all the millions of dollars that they've received from Hunter through his shady business dealings and influence peddling in China and Russia. We want to depose people. Uh, we're going to have subpoena power. You know, a lot of people have been talking about the slim majority and all that. I can tell you one thing. There's a big difference in 217 and 218 from where I sit. Uh, as the next chairman of the House Oversight Committee, 218 gives me subpoena authority. And as you know, we've requested a lot of information from federal authorities and from the, the Biden administration with respect to our investigation of Biden influence peddling, and we've received virtually nothing. Now with subpoena power, we'll have the ability not just to get uh, documents we've requested from the White House and from uh, law enforcement, but also uh, the information that we need from, from the banks uh, that, that have, uh, you know, detailed information that would explain all the mischievous uh, uh, acts of the Biden influence peddling. And, and I think that, you know, it's important for people to realize they've been calling it the Hunter Biden investigation, but this is an investigation of Joe Biden. And I think once the American people understand what all Hunter Biden was involved in and that Joe Biden not only knew about it, but he was a part of it, I think the American people will see this is something that, that needs to be a priority for the House Oversight Committee and the majority. They had subpoena authority, but they also had a Department of Justice that had their back. So the Department of Justice worked hand in hand with the January 6th Committee to try to get people to comply with their subpoenas. Uh, we're not going to have that. We don't have a, a Republican majority in the Senate, and we obviously have a hostile White House that we're, in fact, investigating. So uh, this is going to be a very difficult investigation. But I think the point we made today in the press conference was uh, Hunter Biden is a criminal. Joe Biden knew about it. When Joe Biden said from the White House uh, press stand last week that he was confident his son's innocent, I mean, innocent of what? He's guilty of seven or eight very serious crimes. But the investigations about whether or not this White House is compromised 
compromise. And that's a national security concern, and that's a concern that I think every American would have if they understood the severity of what all the Biden family's been involved in over the past decade. We have a map that came from Hunter's laptop. It was a PowerPoint presentation, had the United States of America, and it had all of the natural gas wholesalers uh, identified, and this was all in Chinese. And this was Hunter's presentation to the uh, Communist Chinese Party back energy company that was trying to not only buy American liquefied natural gas, they were also trying to get their foot in the door in the American natural gas industry by purchasing interest in the natural gas drillers. Now think about this. At a time when every American suffered because of high gas prices and high energy prices because of Joe Biden's disastrous policies, we now know that Joe Biden and his son Hunter were involved with the Chinese trying to help them take over our American energy industry. This is something every American needs to know about. And I think this might uh, explain some of the terrible decisions that Joe Biden's made. You know, this is very serious. Uh, we, we also showed that Joe Biden had ownership in this company because there was an email that was from Hunter to the landlord of where their office was going to be just outside Washington, D.C., where Hunter said, I need a key. Uh, I need some extra keys, not just for me, but I also need a key for the Chinese partner who's very closely lined with the CCP and also Jim Biden, who will be my sweet mate, and Joe Biden. And he had Joe Biden's cell number on the email. So this implicates Joe Biden in a scheme to help China get their foot in the door on the American energy industry. At a time when people are outraged over China trying to buy some farmland in the Dakotas, here's the president of the United States trying to help China get their foot in the door on our energy industry. It's just unbelievable stuff, and that's why we're investigating this. Some people may be saying, well, he didn't do this when he was president. No, he did it when it was, he was vice president of yeah. the United States, which technically is close enough for government work, as they would say. Yeah, and you know, this octopus obviously has more tentacles. Now, where do those tentacles lead? Do they lead to Obama? I know the person that's uh, really quiet these days that is the, uh, well, his live-in puppet master, Jill, you know, you got a crime family. And Joe may be not be the most cognitive person around these days. So to keep that empire going, somebody got to know what's going on and um, probably Jim. You know, there used to be a gangster. This is a true story in New York. There used to be mm -hmm. uh, uh, a Don, a guy who ran one of the families in New York. Right. And if you saw him on the street, he would be wearing a bathrobe and shuffling along and looked like he was in another another world. He looked like he was impaired, like he had had a stroke, and he would have guys who would walk and make sure he's okay and make sure he didn't fall. And these were the people that he surrounded himself with. So if the FBI was watching this guy, they would say, oh, that's uh, that guy's he's impaired." Yeah. But they had cameras also in his in his headquarters, and when he walked into his headquarters and shut the door, he was crystal clear. He was totally, totally clear. He was caught. He, he was faking it. So you have to wonder sometimes, is Joe kind of faking it sometimes? Sometimes. And I well, can tell you this. Matter. He was more lucid when he was vice president than he appears to be now. So I'm just saying, and if a guy commits a murder and he's crystal clear, 
you know, let's say let's say he commits a, mur- a murder when he's sixty, and he doesn't mm-hmm. get caught until he's seventy-five, and he's had a couple of strokes between then. So now he's seventy-five, and maybe he seems feeble and senile and demented. Still a criminal. He committed the murders back when he was sixty. He mm-hmm. still, you know, he still should be tried and still should be punished. He, he shouldn't get a pass because he is diminished now. No, so, that's an attorney thing. You know, you see that all the time in courts. But no, he shouldn't get a pass. He's responsible for his actions. And Joe's actions go way back in what's going on. And look, how many houses does he have? Well, Bill, I was just going to say this. It's funny you should say this. While that was playing, I did a little math on my little calculator over here. If he made $200,000 a year, and by the way, 40 years ago, they weren't making 200000 They were making like no. one hundred and seventy, right? So, But I said, on average, let's say $200,000 a year for 40 years, that's a total of $8 million. Total. Over 40 years. $200,000. $8 million. Now, you don't save all that. You have to run your household, your family. D.C.'s an expensive city. Always has been. So he's got staff to pay for. So... Uh, he didn't save the money he has now, but he's a multi, multi, multi millionaire. It where did yeah. it come from? Well, we know that he's a multi, multi, multi millionaire, but he could be even more than that because anybody that does things that are nefarious, you've got the money that well we know about, and then you got the money that well <laughs> nobody knows about. You know, you can't. I mean. You really you're going to put it all in a bank where you get no interest on it? I doubt it. You know, you're going to have it tucked away somewhere else. I don't know what you're going to do with all this money, but he's got it. He's got all these mansions. And I'm sitting there going, as a matter of fact, you look at the political landscape, Obama had nothing walk when he walked in, and he walked out a very wealthy man. Yeah, he can say, though, they've gotten smarter since since the early days. Uh, he got a $60 million contract with Netflix. For doing nothing. For doing absolutely nothing. So that says to me they funneled money through Netflix to give him a bundle so he could live well. My yeah, opinion. and yeah, he could do it any way he wanted to or he could live well. Look at the end. You know, that's a different story. The FTX thing and uh, Maxine now sitting there. Uh, what's her name? Maxine Waters. Waters, yeah. Yeah, she's sitting there going, well, you know, she basically admitted, yeah, that's what it was for, but everybody got money. Yeah. Well, then. <laughs> she's going to be one of the people investigating FDX. And there's a picture online of her blowing the guy a kiss when he was visiting. Maxine, yeah. you know, <laughs> you got to love it. Oh, these people. You know, while, while all these charges were being levied by the uh, House, uh, one of Biden's spokesmen got up and said, uh, instead of working with President Biden to address issues important to the American people like lower costs, uh, congressional Republicans' top priority is to go after President Biden with politically motivated attacks chock full of long debunked conspiracy theories. That was from Ian Sams, a spokesman for the White House. <laughs> President, uh, Ian so Sams, one, yeah. One more thing. President Biden is not going to let these political attacks distract him from 
focusing on Americans' priorities, and we hope congressional Republicans will join us in tackling them instead of wasting time and resources on political revenge. (laughs) Well, you know, you guys use the resources and everything else on political attacks. Oh, absolutely. All the time. this This is not tit for tat because... There's actually something in the evidence trunk where you had yes. nothing. It was made up. You bring up Russian collusion. Well, that was a made-up story by, oh, the Democrats. Well, why do they make something up unless, you know, it, it behooved them to make up a story? When they went into Mar-a-Lago, do you remember hearing Biden saying that should not have happened? We should be focusing on what's happening for the betterment of the country. We shouldn't be raiding the homes of ex-presidents. Do you remember hearing that? Because I don't. No, I don't remember hearing that. He kind of smiled when that was happening. He was getting a certain amount of enjoyment seeing uh, the FBI agents pilferaging the uh, contents of the president's uh, home. Well, there's a lot of dirty laundry that is uh, in the uh, Democratic wardrobe there in their closet. I don't know that we're going to be able to uh, unpack it all and get it all cleaned mm. in two years. So you got to go after the big, big things that I'm hoping that they can get to the bottom of because that'll be the tip of the iceberg. At some point in time, if they open it up, people are going to get fed up and say, we need to just go ahead and clean house and investigate the whole lot. But truthfully, I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of everything that we may think that we know, but I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of all of it. I just don't know how we can expect to have another fair election ever again unless we fix it now. And as long as Biden is the guy in office and as long as they own uh, the Senate— I don't see them ever doing anything to improve the uh, the situation with, with regards to how our elections are held. I just mm-hmm. don't see that happening. And that being said, I don't know how President Trump can realistically expect to be voted into office again if if nothing changes. If they're still using the same machines, if they're still using the mail-in ballots, all of the things that have messed up the elections in the past uh, few years— if they're still doing that in 2024, how does he expect to win? Well, I don't know. I, a lot of things have to happen in the two-year time frame. Uh, he can sit there and uh, rally the votes, rally the troops, and uh, keep things focused. But this investigation has to go on. We have to get to the bottom of it. And maybe we can sit there and overturn that rotten apple cart for what it is. And then maybe things can be changed, but until then, no, he doesn't have a rat's ass chance in hell, but it's or a snowball's chance in hell, um, <laughs> or yeah, something's but, chance in hell. Yeah, well, the rat yeah. gets fried, the snowball melts. <laughs> so either way, hell still burns, and yes. uh, you know we're getting singed on this heat from all the corruption. Last night uh, they were talking about Carrie Lake on one of the uh, news programs, and. Uh, uh, one of the gentlemen, I can't think of his name. Oh, goodness gracious. It'll come to me when the show's over. Uh, uh, Richard, he was the former uh, uh, former ambassador to Germany. Grin- Grinnell? Rich, 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 rich. Anyway, I think it is uh, Rick Grinnell. That's what okay. it is, I think. See how it works when you get older, friends? You get 
bits and pieces of information flying through your brain and you have to grab it as it races by. There's one. Rick. Okay, there's Grinnell. I got that one too. Rick Grinnell. Anyway, he was on talking about Carrie Lake's uh, situation in Arizona. And one of the people said, well, does he... Does she have uh, 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 any options here? What's going to happen with her? And he said, well, I don't think so. And I thought to myself, Rich, I, I think you might be wrong here. I, I mean, I, I know that you're a smart guy, real smart guy, and I know that you've been somebody I've, who I've turned to for answers in the past and advice politically. And I think, well, on this, on this one here, I think he probably knows what we know. On the surface, and that's nothing. We don't know what's happening in the background. I say that because Carrie Lake uh, issued this statement yesterday. She was on uh, her website with her, mm-hmm. her usual smile, and she said this. Hey, Arizona, Carrie Lake here. I wanted to reach out to you to let you know that I am still in this fight with you. For two years, I've been sounding the alarm about our broken election system here in Arizona. And this past week has confirmed everything we've been saying. When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. When we raised concerns, and I filed a lawsuit months ago to get rid of the electronic voting machines, they said we were crazy. Well, it turns out we were right. On election day, nearly half of all polling locations had problems with tabulating machines and printers. Malfunctioning tabulation machines force voters to wait in line for hours to exercise their sacred right to vote. I talked to voters who waited in line for hours. One man told me he went to a location and there was a three-hour line because the tabulators weren't working. He drove 15 miles to another location and the printers weren't working. He drove another 15 miles and was finally able to cast his vote, but he's not sure it counted. Our election officials failed us miserably. What happened to Arizonans on election day is unforgivable. Tens of thousands of Maricopa County voters were disenfranchised. Now I am busy here collecting evidence and data. Rest assured, I have assembled the best and brightest legal team, and we are exploring every avenue to correct the many wrongs that have been done this past week. I'm doing everything in my power to right these wrongs. My resolve to fight for you is higher than ever. This movement started in Arizona and it quickly expanded to all 50 states. It's a movement of mama bears and papa bears and students and Arizonans who love this country, who want secure borders, who want schools that prepare their children for the real opportunities that are out there. It's a movement of Arizonans who want safe streets once again and want the drug crisis to come to an end. It's a movement of Arizonans who want prosperity and the pursuit of happiness. That movement is stronger than it ever has been. And I can promise you one thing, this fight to save our Republic has just begun. I love you, Arizona, and I love you, America. She's so good. I was thinking while that was airing, Bill, Mm -hmm. if I were Fox and she doesn't get the governorship, I would hire her in a heartbeat. I would get her on as a contributor. She's articulate. She's terrific in front of a camera. But, But the new Fox, which is woke and much more liberal than it used to be under Roger Ailes, the new Fox that has 
Paul Ryan on the board of directors that has the the Murdoch Sons. Yeah. The Murdoch Sons are running it. The Liberal Sons are running it now. And they've done things like say to their staff, don't mention Trump so much. Do not talk yeah. about Trump. As a matter of fact, in the five last night, no conversation about Trump at all, about his announcement, nothing. They talked about everything but yeah. Trump. Yeah, they picked a fine time to go woke. Sounds like an old Kenny Rogers song. You picked yeah. a fine time to leave, leave me, me Lucille. Lucille. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that is true. So I think, you know, she's got a war chest still left from uh, fighting uh, to to be the governor, and you never know; things can change. Uh, the the uh, there could be if they don't certify that election, they got to go back and and there's reasons why they shouldn't certify it. Uh, if they don't, then things are going to have to go back and be reexamined. The new Fox bill hires Mike Pence instead. Yeah. Please and, and, tell and, and me why they hired Mike Pence. And, well, the fact that they hired him is why they'll never hire her. Exactly right. 100% you agree. Know, yep. You know, that's she, all there is to it. She's but legit. You know, she can come to uh, CRN America. Oh, in a heartbeat. And, uh, yeah. Hey, I'll pay her what I'm paying you. Oh, <laughs> you can you pay bastard, her you. what you're paying me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bastard too. Boy, she gets double nothing. <laughs> That's exactly right. Nothing from nothing is nothing, as Billy Preston once said. <laughs> That's right. Oh my gosh! But we'd love to have her here. Uh, she's so articulate, well spoken, and she she seems to to talk from her heart, as opposed yeah. to other politicians who talk from the surface. You know, whatever is yeah. convenient. Attractive lady, well-spoken, articulate, uh, great voice. I would recommend that she take some time to rest because I could hear it in her breathing. Yes, I could, I get too. it, too, that, you know, you could tell that she's uh, fighting um, just a little bit of fatigue there. I would take, uh, I'd go to the doctor, get some antibiotics, and get away for a weekend or a week to get away from all the noise. Yeah, good and advice. And then come back. Fully charged. Don't even think about it. Thank you, Dr. Don't Knight. Think about anything. Thank you, Dr. Knight, really. Yeah, you're welcome. You, <laughs> hey, uh, Senator Josh Hawley, he was speaking yesterday to Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray is another guy who's been on the hot seat. Right. And uh, I, I wouldn't want to be Christopher Ray in the next two-year period because I think they're going to uh, slice him and dice him. We were talking a little while ago about the FBI. If you don't know who Christopher Ray is, He's the head of the FBI, and he's the guy who is really responsible for all the nonsense that's been going on, in my humble opinion. Well, Josh Hawley, he kind of uh, took him to the woodshed uh, yesterday. Listen. I think the last time that I got to visit with you was back in August, August 4th of this year. You were at the Senate Judiciary Committee. You remember that, I assume. We had to cut that hearing short. We were supposed to do two rounds of questions. You said you had to be somewhere, so we cut it short. Republicans were not able to ask a second round as we had been informed we would. The press reported shortly thereafter that the reason that the hearing had to be cut short is because you were flying on a Gulfstream jet for a personal vacation in the Adirondacks. Please tell me that's not accurate. Senator, the hearing was cut short, was not cut short from my experience. We had agreed beforehand on the time and and uh, and length of it, and my I was very surprised to find that the any member of the committee was surprised uh, as to how I uh, fly. 
I am required, not only uh, permitted, but required to fly uh, on uh, an FBI plane wherever I go. That's so, so you were going on vacation? I was, yes. So you left a statutorily required oversight hearing in order to go on a personal vacation in the Adirondacks? I took a flight to go visit my family, uh, as had been previously arranged in conjunction no, no, with no. the leadership of the committee. The ranking member, Chuck Grassley, asked you during the hearing, he said, I assume you must have other business. You said, yes. He then said, if you have a business trip, you've got your own plane, can't it wait a while? He then said, Chuck Grassley, we only just heard half an hour ago that now you have to leave. We were going to have a seven-minute round followed by a three-minute round. I've got seven people on my side of the aisle, that included me, who are waiting for this additional round. Is there any reason we can't accommodate them for 21 minutes? And you said you had a plane to catch. You had somewhere to go. And now we find out it was for vacation? The, the reference to other business was not a reference to that day. It was a reference to the following week where Senator Grassley and I were going to see each other in Iowa when I had other business in Iowa, and I did, in fact, see him then. So wait, you had to leave the hearing early because you had you were going to see him later in Iowa in a week? No, I had to leave uh, when I said I was going to have to leave, as had been previously organized with the leadership of the <laughs> you, you left an oversight hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee required by statute so you could vacation with your family. I find that absolutely unbelievable and frankly, indefensible. Now <laughs> oh, that wasn't the whole thing. You, I, I could have played much more. Uh, he really... Lion sack of... Um, Julia. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, there are times when you, you look at somebody going, they're, they're not telling the truth, but you don't know for sure. That guy, I didn't even have to see his face to sit there and and see that he was squirming in his chair his 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 underwear bunched in his butt as he sat there and spoke those lies yeah well oh, i think we're going to see a lot of that kind of thing over the next 2 years people who mm -hmm. have been who have been uh, let off the leash for the past 2 years eh, they're going to give them a short leash coming up during these uh, next 2 years I, right. I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't make any plans, Christopher Ray, for like any long-term job stuff because I think he's going to be removed over the next two years quickly. Well, he, uh, he deserves it, but you know what? There's so many people out there that are so dirty. Uh, when are we going to crack it oh, I to know. where we take somebody and lock them up and it's the tip of the iceberg to where all there's a, there's a key pin domino. And we got to find that domino and knock it down. That's and true. A whole bunch will go down. Another interesting thing: we think that all of this nonsense is only affecting us. The United Kingdom economy is in a free fall, the highest taxes since World War II. This is from uh, the Chancellor Jeremy Hunt. He delivered an economic speech yesterday, and uh, he kind of explained that they're in trouble. They are in. Serious trouble in the uh, UK. So they're not just uh, over there across the pond looking back at us going, oh, you poor Americans, they've got their own problems. Big time. Also, I don't, don't know whether you heard the news. This is good news. Uh, it won't bring the, uh, the victims back. But Daryl Brooks Jr., the homicidal maniac who uh, drove his SUV through a crowd of 
uh, parade marchers in Wisconsin about a year ago. He was sentenced to 1,067 years in, pre- in prison and more than 1,200 years, including an extended supervisory period, six consecutive life sentences for each death. Now, the good news for Daryl is he'll be eligible for, for parole in 850 years. Yeah, I was just going to do the uh, parole eligibility. But, you know, now people are going to sit there and think bad of me. But when you have somebody like that, all right, they're a burden on society. If you look at the cost of keeping that person in prison, maintaining, keeping them alive for a sentence that they can never get out of, you know, I'm sitting there going, would it not be better just to do a death penalty and just say, done? Let him go on. Let him have a chance to make make his amends with God, if now, he can make amends. Now, and- if you're if you're listening to Bill and you're kind of squinting, like, oh no, <clears throat> let me tell you something. Eighteen children were injured and sent to the hospital in that attack. Sixty-two mm-hmm. individuals were injured in total. Sixty-two, right? And six died, including a child. Okay. Think about that before you say that Bill's full of it when it comes to the death penalty. I think you're right. Well, you know, I, I've always had a, you know, when, when you sit there and look, I realize people can say something. In a, in a case like that, it's just obvious to me. But there are cases, too, where somebody goes in at, as a 20-year-old person and they're and they're not eligible to get out until they're 65 or 70. Their productive years are gone. Now, what do you do in that situation? I'm not going to say one way or the other. You know, can they come out and do anything with their life? Or are we going to pay for this this weight in society? Yeah. You know, you, you you're know? not alone when it comes to the death penalty. Uh, President Trump, in his announcement this week, mm-hmm. listen to what he said, Bill. Now they're getting $4 billion We will wage war upon the cartels and stop the fentanyl and deadly drugs from killing 200,000 Americans per year. And I will ask Congress for legislation ensuring that drug dealers and human traffickers, these are terrible, terrible, horrible people who are responsible for death, carnage, and crime all over our country. Every drug dealer during his or her life on average, will kill 500 people with the drugs they sell, not to mention the destruction of families. But we're going to be asking everyone who sells drugs, gets caught selling drugs, to receive the death penalty for their heinous acts, because it's the only way. We don't need any more blue-ribbon committees. We don't need, I don't like to say this, and I don't even know if the American public is ready for it. And a lot of my people say, please don't say that, sir. That's not nice. They kill 500 people each on average. You know, there's going to be a difference between the Trump version one and the Trump version two, if he, if he Mm -hmm. gets into office. Well, that is a line in the sand and it's a definitive line. And that's a decision you have to make, you know, with your own soul and conscience, you know, and I know where I stand on, on that. And a lot of people go, you know, there have been times that people have been incarcerated and it turned out later that they were innocent. But I think you have to weigh those decisions by 
was there hard evidence that was factual hard evidence? And, you know, sometimes people are get put away by circumstantial. There's exceptions to every rule, but that is a, you know, when you, when you buy or when you take drugs and sell drugs and you know what they will do, mm-hmm. then you are a co-contributor to somebody's death. And there's no dancing around that. So I agree with it. The thing is, I think it takes a lot of courage to say what he just said because, you know, I think cartel leaders are a lot different than politicians in that they hear something they don't like and they'll try to kill you. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, they, they have, most of these guys really don't have a lot of value on life. So for Trump to say, hey, I, I want the death penalty for, for drug dealers. That takes some courage, and I think, uh, but he he's the kind of guy that does that. He doesn't need the job, friends. I don't know why sometimes he's doing it, but I'm glad he's doing it. But it's even, yeah. even running for president, he's shaking the tree, you know? Yeah, he is. I, I don't know how that's going to go, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, a movie trailer that I saw, and actually they got it out there now. I think it's uh, the kingpin of uh, Tulsa or something like that. The, the king Tulsa, Tulsa king. Tulsa, yeah, the Tulsa king, yeah. King. Yeah. yeah, with uh, Stallone, you know, he's been out there grandstanding. Looks like it's a pretty good movie. It is. I saw the first ser- first episode. It's a it's yeah. a series. Yeah, but he is actually sitting there. You kind of glorifying being a bad guy. We have to sit there and oh, look. They're fun to watch. They really are. Mm-hmm. But at some point in time, we have to take those people and give them their just desserts because otherwise. You can't glamorize this crap all the time. But, it, you know, I, I haven't started watching it yet. I didn't really know much about it. I know he's promoting the hell out of it. It's on it's good. Paramount. Yeah, and it's it's worth watching. It's produced by the same guy uh, who produces Yellowstone. So if you're into Yellowstone, yeah. uh, he, he does quality work. Uh, let's see. On Wednesday, the G20 leaders issued a joint declaration at the end of the summit advocating for universal standard of proof of vaccination before you travel. I mean, that's a vaccination passport. That means if you haven't been vaccinated and you wanted to go to England or France or Japan, whatever country signs this agreement, you can't get in. Well, that's the new world order, one global government. I have a thing that I'm going to have to uh, send you. It's a link a a buddy sent to me. And it was kind of like from Australia. And how they're they're mocking their government, you know, because they're mar- marching lockstep now to the new world order, one yeah. world government, and uh, you just get to, you know, do what you're told to do, and I, <laughs> it kind of goes along with that. Uh, Health Minister of Indonesia, Budi Gunadi Sadikin. I hope I got that right. Budi Gunadi Sadikin. Say yes. that five times real fast. <laughs> You're a troublemaker. <laughs> he yes, advocated for a uh, global digital health certificate during the B20 summit in Bali, Indonesia. And uh, here's what Budi had to say. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO. If you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clock the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next 
the uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods and movement of the economy. If you knew booty like I like knew I booty, booty, oh. I think he just gave himself away. He said uh, one word that got my attention. And the that next word was digital. Well, he also, now, look, he also said in the mail. He also said, Bill, card. the next pandemic. Yeah, the next pandemic. He's he's saying, you know, pandemics happen every hundred years. Oh, no, 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 no. Apparently they happen more often now because we now know how to manufacture them. Uh, down in Boston, over in England, and Wuhan, China. Yes, we've weaponized, uh, uh, well, we've taken weapons, biological warfare, and turned them into political warfare. See, biological warfare, well, that's a crime. That's illegal. Political warfare, well, it's a whole different thing. So we probably have another pandemic coming. We just don't know. And now they want to digitize your passport and to prove yeah. that, you are, that you are vaccinated. You know well, why? The guys at the WHO, you know, those wonderful guys like Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and George Soros. They, so how are they going to digitize it? it? Are they going to inject us with something or give us a, a little a little barcode on our on our uh, wrist? Might that's be. That's digitizing. Might be. Some people might call it the mark of the beast, too, but that's another story for another yeah, well, time. Yeah, we don't want to go there. But see, I'm saying, here's my insurance card. There is no digitization of it. Except for the barcode on the back. It's not even a barcode. It's just a little scan thing. But nothing about that is attached to me. It's just my benefits. I lose the card. I ain't got benefits. Oh, Bill, you need to be digitized. Well, wait a second. You know. These are the guys who want to digitize your health records and things like that and your passport. You, they want to digitize that. They also want to digitize your money. They yes. want to They want to give you digital money and replace those actual solid paper dollars. You know, there was a movie, and I forget what it was, but everybody had a clock that was digitized into them. And you would work, and you would get hours to live. You didn't do your work, or they didn't like you. They could take your minutes away, and you would expire. And, you know, it seems so far-fetched 10 years ago. And now I'm going like, you know, really, <laughs> when you look at your body, you, I'm sure there's some bioscientist out there that goes, well, you know, your spleen has this hey, electrical hey, capacitance. Hey. Your brain is a resistor. You you could sit there and I know, got, connect the whole body. Into I got a, two digi I got two metal knees, replacement knees. If I were writing a screenplay, they could have something digital in them that I don't even know about. That I'm walking around with something. It's a time bomb in your knees. I mean, it could be, or it could be the power <laughs> source. That sits there and connects all and and, and connects Ooh. all the electric uh, the electronic bio circuits in your body. With that, we'll <laughs> leave you this week. We're done. We'll leave you with that that little tidbit to think about. My the goodness, mind. every one of our listeners out there with uh, with replacement knees is going to be going. Oh my God! What have I done? <laughs> and Bill needs to be institutionalized. Yeah, but we already knew that. <laughs> hey, buddy, have a great weekend. Bye, Bill. <laughs> the Voice of Freedom, CRN America.